0: Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ Study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host, Matthew Roberts, and this is season four, episode 273 of this daily study podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again today as we continue with our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials, studying in October uh, the 10th to October the 16th for Jeremiah chapters 1 to 20. Uh, And today we're going to focus a bit on Jeremiah one five a little bit more, uh, how God knew us before we were born, uh, and then move into Jeremiah chapter 2. So we have referred to this uh, scripture already uh, in our last section when we were talking about how God knew Jeremiah and knew him as a prophet before he was born. Um, but there is a couple of things about this principle which applies to all of us, uh, which I want to just cover off uh, this is mentioned in the come follow me uh, materials so uh, to read the verse again it says before i formed thee in the belly i knew thee before thou camest forth out of the womb i sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations so obviously this is referring specifically to jeremiah in terms of his role as and his calling as a prophet Um, but we also know from other scriptures um and and um teachings from from prophets and apostles that this is the case with all of us, not just Jeremiah or just the prophets. Um, God also knows what we were all fit for ordained to do as well. For example, Uh, In Doctrine and Covenants 138, verses 55 to 56, it says, I observed that they were also among the noble and great ones who were chosen in the beginning to be rulers in the church of God. Even before they were born, they, with many others, received their first lessons in the world of spirits and were prepared to come forth in the due time of the Lord to labor in his vineyard for the salvation of the souls of men. Uh, We also have, of course, Abraham chapter 3, verses 22 to 23 which talks about the intelligences that were organised before the world was, and many of them being the noble and great ones. Um, So we have here other references and scriptures, uh, which indicates um, just the fact, uh, the the, the gospel truth, uh, the doctrine that that God knew us before we were born, uh, and that we were foreordained for certain responsibilities. Um, not necessarily just profits. Um, the Come Follow Me manual uh, asks these the couple of questions. So what difference can this knowledge make in your life? Um, and then it also asks us or in, in, it suggests that if we've had our patriarchal blessings, we should review it. Uh, and of course, that's a, an important um, thing to suggest because we should be reviewing it on a regular basis. So it's a good opportunity to, to reflect on that. But um, this is a... An important principle, I think, and it's one that we still we sometimes take for granted. I feel because without that beginning act, as it were, in our eternal journey, then the second act would not make as much sense. Um, You know, we would just have appeared, and rather than being an opportunity for us to come and develop and grow and become more like our heavenly Father, that this mortal life, it would be a, it would be a, an introduction to us into the world, but not quite the world, because of course this isn't going to be the world that we stay in, uh, you know, for, for our eternal eter, eternal lives, and uh, it would just be confusing, and so this knowledge of this premortality, I think, is an important one um, to understand. Um, Elder Neil L. Anderson said this, quote, some may question if life begins with the formation of an embryo, or when the heart begins to beat, or when the baby can live outside the womb. But for us, there is no question <clears throat> that spirit daughters and sons of God are on, our, on their own personal journeys coming to earth to receive a body and experience mortality. As covenant children of God, we love, honour, nurture, safeguard, and welcome those spirits who are coming from the pre mortal world. Close quote. So, uh, this is um, an important uh, thing that we understand and learn about. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to to come back to that because it is referred again and in the in the come following materials, and it is something which uh, we need to really um, understand uh, from this book of scripture. So we'll go on to Jeremiah chapter two now, and uh, we have here a a, a w- words from Jeremiah. Uh, given by the Lord because he he does tell him at the start to go and say to Jerusalem this um, and what the problem is right now that uh, he needs to address. Um, he reminds Israel that he has brought them through um, difficult times and places and brought them to a place where you know, he told them to be plentiful and they would have lots of things. In verse six and seven, it says, neither said they that where is the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt that led us through the wilderness, through a land of desert and of pits, with a land of drought and the shadow of death, through a land that no man passed through and where no man dwelt, I nigh brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. But when ye entered, ye defiled my land and made mine heritage an abomination. Um, so referring once again to the, ex- the Exodus, uh, and this is something which happens fairly often, that this very important spiritual event in the history of the Israelites um, is referred to as a reminder that the Lord has done many things, incredible things for his people as a whole and individually. And yet the people forget him, they uh, don't worship him and they change to idolatry and um, In verse 13, it says, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me at the fountain of living waters and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now, this is an interesting um, metaphor here, which I think it's worth taking some time over. Um, There is two things that they are doing, which are a problem. The first is forsaking the, the fountain of living waters. And we'll talk about in a moment why it's so important that the Lord describes himself as a fountain and as and of as living waters. Um, but then the second thing that they've done uh, is that they have instead of turning to the fountain of living waters, they have made cisterns. Now, of course, a cistern was a method of holding water uh, in those days. And not only have they created their own man made ways of trying to hold water, but those are broken as well. They cannot hold all the water which the Lord see, desires to give to them. And I like this for two reasons. Firstly, it tells us about how the Lord is an, an everlasting spring, uh, a water which will always bring forth out of the earth. And I guess, well, the humble Emmanuel asks us to think why is a fountain of living waters better than having a cistern? Well, a fountain will never run out, you know, uh, outside of freak accidents or events which will stop at a regular fountain in the world. A fountain, the idea is that it continues to flow. Uh, and the Lord is that source of flowing revelation and grace. So to us, he is a fountain of living water. So comparing it to the cistern, then the cistern, of course, can hold some water for some time. But once you use that water, you're going to have to go refill it somewhere else. It isn't a long lasting method of having water. And certainly if it's broken and it has cracks in it, as as the Lord suggests that the people are uh, using right now, uh, that water will escape. It's also stagnant water. It stays there. If you were to have a drink from a cistern uh, and a drink from a fountain, the fountain would be much more refreshing uh, and much more invigorating than water from a cistern uh, as well. Um, this is a, a clear metaphor to how the people are trying to do things by themselves, but of course they cannot receive the full blessings that the Lord sees fit to give them. He wants to c- continuously give them blessings from the, from the heavens, but they can't hold them all because they are using these cisterns uh, that are broken. Uh, Elder, Elder, uh, Elder Joseph B. Werflin said, uh, quote, The Lord provides the living water that can quench the burning thirst of those whose lives are parched by the drought of truth. He expects us to supply to them uh, the fullness of the gospel by giving them the scriptures and the words of the prophets and to bear personal testimony as to the truth of the restored gospel to alleviate their thirst. As at Jacob's well, so today the Lord Jesus Christ is the only source of living water. It will quench the thirst of those suffering from the drought of of divine truth that so afflicts the world. Too many of our heavenly father's children spend their precious lives carving out broken cisterns of worldly gain that cannot hold the living water that satisfies fully their natural thirst for everlasting truth, close quote. So, uh, we see that problem in the world today, and we'll continue tomorrow through chapter 2 and into chapter 7 to look at how the Lord teaches them further about this metaphor of broken systems. Thank you so much uh, for listening, and until we meet again.